0: Is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast, hosted by me, Fiona Grayson. I hope you're all well, having a lovely week and enjoyed the recent International Women's Day celebrations. As this episode goes live, I will no doubt be gearing up for the first of the three midweek mingles in London this evening. So if you happen to be coming along tonight, then I look forward to seeing you there. London sold out in two and a half days, which I'm so ridiculously grateful for. But there are still tickets for the midweek mingle in Brighton next Wednesday evening on the 18th of March and Cardiff the following Wednesday on the 25th of March. So, if you fancy joining us there, hearing from and meeting some incredible fellow female founders and aspiring business owners, as well as being spoilt with so many beauty goodies and foodie goodies to reward all of us for the hard work that we're putting in right now. You can find more details in this episode's show notes. I would absolutely love to see you there if you can make it. Anyway, back to the episode at hand. If you follow can she did on Instagram, you will know that back in January, I spent a week traveling all over the UK recording back-to-back podcast episodes for the coming weeks, and I happened to end the week in the simply stunning home belonging to today's guest. The former head of press for Estee Lauder and Tom Ford Beauty turned business owner, that is Touchner Sharp, mother of two and founder of Scamp and Dude, the multi-award winning super-infused clothing brand, hailed for the message behind its trademark sl- slogan, a superhero has my back. After going through the notoriously stressful process of selling her previous PR company, she had launched and grown prior to Scamp and Dude. Jo suffered a brain haemorrhage which left her hospitalised in her late 30s, with no choice but to undergo brain surgery to remove a lump on her brain. It was while she was in hospital, away from her sons, then aged one and three, that the idea for Scamp and Dude was born. From the initial steps she took to get the clothing brand off the ground, whilst she was still recovering from brain surgery I must add, And how she ended up in the likes of Liberties within a matter of months. Her positive thoughts on Instagram and why to this day, despite having a customer service manager in her team now, Jo always wants to reply to customers directly herself. Just don't expect to see her talking on her stories anytime soon. To her candid thoughts on why she finds crisis management for her own business so much harder than the numerous cases she helped other brands deal with during her PR days. Not to mention how she went about galvanising hundreds upon hundreds of fellow business owners, myself included, to help her confront one of the UK's leading supermarkets head on when they blatantly copied one of her designs and her advice for many of us should we find ourselves in a similar position. As I go on to tell Jo directly in just a few moments, Scamp and Dude is one of the most commendable companies I've come across since launching She Can, She Did, not just because of the values that underpin the brand, but how Jo's gone about feeding said values seamlessly and delivering her story so eloquently at every touch point that Scamp and Dude provides us. There's a lot to be learned from her story in my opinion and thankfully for us, she was forthcoming with advice. As always, I really, really hope you enjoy it. Joe, it's a Friday morning. We've got our cups of coffees. I feel like I've interviewed a good few female founders and I would say that Scamp and Dude, if I was to say a top five where there's like a really core strong brand identity it's a hundred percent up there it's oh, such an amazing you. brand can you tell us in your own words what the brand is all about and we'll go from there okay so
1: scamp and dude It's started as a brand that was all about helping kids feel stronger when they're apart from their parents so everything's power infused our uh, prince it's a very um it's kind of contemporary fun um Prints, color, a very kind of happy, <laughs> kind of um, uplifting brand. Um, everything's superpower infused, like I said. So our leopard print has a lightning bolt in a, in amongst the print. Our all of our animal prints do. They've all got lightning bolts. We've all we've got a superpower button on everything that you press to get your superpowers when you need a little boost. And we have super hero sleep buddies, and they are special superheroes to sit on a bed looking after a child, making them feel more comfortable, like a superhero is watching over them, and on the back's a pocket to put your photo. I mean I kind of need to make tell you the story behind the brand Yay. to make that relevant. But it's all about making kids feel stronger and more secure when they're not with their parents. Mm. But now the brand has kind of changed over the last three years insofar as our adults collection is so popular and What I didn't understand when I launched the brand was that actually adults want superpowers too, and adults want a boost. And the grown-ups have really taken to the whole superpower vibe too, and that's been a a surprise and something lovely as well that's come
0: I feel like I've got a good idea, but it's such an amazing story that I want to delve into it properly. So you just said, like, the lightning bolt's there for a reason. Can you take us back to what inspired this brand? Yes.
1: So before I founded Scamp and Dude, I'd actually founded another company, a PR company. And I'd sold my shares in the company, and it had been a very stressful process. And I had a spasm in my face. And I went to the doctor's and said, "What's I, what's this spasm?" And he just said, "Look, you're dangerously stressed. You need to stop whatever's going on in your life um, now." So I tied everything up very quickly, um, thinking, "Oh God!" I knew I was. I felt like the pressure in my head. Um, I'd actually written to my lawyers saying, "My head's going to explode. This all needs to finish. I can feel the yeah. pressure. Like this is." And uh, then how old are you at this point? I was thirty-nine. Mm, yeah. And then. I suddenly had the most terrible headache and took myself off to hospital, and it turns out that I'd had a brain haemorrhage, and they'd found a lump on my brain. And my kids were only one and three at this time, so it was utterly terrifying being in that hospital, knowing i got a lump, I'd had a haemorrhage, and no one knew what it was, and there was talk of radiotherapy and brain surgery, and my mind was just spinning, mm-hmm. thinking, I cannot leave my kids without a month, they can't, I, I cannot... That was just it was all I could think. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up having brain surgery and saying goodbye to the kids was so harrowing, it was awful. And saying goodbye to my parents, and my husband too. It was it was life-changing and going into that surgery, not knowing if I was gonna come out, was it's changed it changed everything. And when I did come out of the surgery, thank goodness, I made a pact to myself that Whatever I was going to do next, because after i sold my PR company, I hadn't. I'd started working on a different brand, actually, then became ill. So, parked it, obviously, when I was just trying to what was that focus brand? on that. It was a skincare brand okay, that I was okay. going to launch with a very famous um, beauty blogger, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine, and we were doing starting that together. And I was very excited about it. We'd registered the name, we'd got formulations, and I was totally committed and into it. Then when I became ill, I had to pause and then actually facing death in the face, in, it's true what people say about going to those golden gates and questioning your life and looking at everything and I did and I went and I looked and I thought, I, I haven't done enough good, I've, I've been a good wife, I've been a good daughter, a good friend, I've never been bad to anyone, I've never done anything that I feel guilty about, I just had this horrible feeling of I haven't helped enough people and I didn't even realise that was important to me. And then I thought, oh my God, what if it's too late? That, that feeling is awful. And that's, that's the kind of message that I always want to try and tell as many people as I can, is don't get to that point like I did. Try and listen to yourself mm-hmm. and go, what do I really want to do? do, do I, is, have you got that passion that you really want to help people? Because don't get to the end and then regret what you haven't had a chance to do. Because I thought I hadn't then got the time to ch- make a change. Mm-hmm. So I made a pact to myself that if I survived the surgery... My next job, whatever it was, was going to be helping people. It was going to involve giving something back. So I came out of surgery and I had 10 days in hospital where I couldn't see my kids. And that was the, that was the biggest thing for me, was not being able to see them. I had they weren't
0: allowed to visit?
1: Well, they were allowed. It's just that one side of my head was shaved. I was cut from here to here, oh, 20 no. staples. Oh, I don't look Frankenstein and I no kids should see their mum no like pack, that. Yeah. So I just said, I don't, they can't. And they were with my parents and mm. my husband was going home in the evenings and so they were they were fine. It's just, I was worried about them because the longest I'd not been with them was maybe three days before that. So I was just kept thinking, my, my heart was literally aching for them. Mm. And I was lying in bed thinking, in the hospital bed thinking, what do I wish I could have given them? And I just thought... I just wish I could have given them a superhero to watch over them. They love superheroes. I wish I could have given them a superhero to w- watch over them, just to make them feel safe and just make them know I'm was still, i still here. I'm just, you know. And I came up with the idea of what's now our superhero sleep buddies. So I wanted to give them, like, a shaped cushion. So they're comforters, basically. There's a dinosaur and there's a rabbit. And they're shaped comforters. They're superheroes. And they sit on the bed, and there's a pocket on the back... And I, I thought they could have put my photo in the back. So I could have said, Mummy's still here. Mummy's right here, watching over you. And here's, and I thought, oh God, imagine if I could then, imagine if I made them, because you've got a lot of time to think when you're in hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of those first and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll make them. And what if I could to everyone sold, I could donate one to a child who loses a parent? Cause that's what I was worried about leaving my kids without a mum. I could donate one to children who lose a parent, all children who are really ill, and children whose parents are really ill, because that's the other thing I kept worrying about was I've got such an amazing support network my parents, my husband, my sisters, like my, my friends, I've got an amazing support network. But so many people don't. Mm -hmm. And what about single parents who aren't in touch with their parents? They don't have any support. I was so worried about their kids. And I remember saying to my mum when I was in hospital, what happens to kids who's got single parents with no support? What happens to those kids? And she went, don't worry, they go into care. And that broke my heart because I thought, not for the kids, they'd be cared for very well in care. It's for them mum who's in hospital or the parent who's in hospital and knows their kids oh well, that's just heartbreaking so mm-hmm. I was like I want to try and help do something anything that I can do to try and make them feel a little bit more secure or give a little bit of comfort okay. so that's the start of Scamp and Dude that's how it started the kind of little whispers yeah, of yeah. it so that was in January 2016 January the 4th was my surgery so in the next 10 days is when that idea came and then when I came out of hospital I was very Poorly still, so I was not writing business plans I at that point. If you
0: if you'd said <laughs> <if> you <laughs> that, I'd have been like, oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> no, it was, I registered the name Scam from Dude in March. Yeah. So the surgery was in January, and the idea was then bubbling, yeah. coming up with the name, thinking of other things. Where did
0: the name come from? The name came from,
1: I thought, I mean, it's a bit cliche to name a brand after your kids. I was definitely not going to call it Sunny and Dude. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to nod to them because... It was all inspired by them and having to be apart from them. And I've always called Sunny, Scamp, and Dude as a nod to Jude. So it's not actually their yeah, names, bad, yes. but it's just a little bit of a nod to them. And I just thought it sounded like quite a fun, mm. cheeky name. So, yeah, that was registered in the March. And then then I really went, kind of went for it. Like, then the business plan was being put together. I think it pretty much was, like, you know, six... What,
0: what were the kind of things that you were... Would- when you were putting that business plan together, what were the kind of key objectives or like what did you prioritise? Well,
1: firstly, it we was the sleep buddies and thinking, right, I need to find a manufacturer for these mm-hmm. sleep buddies. I need to find an illustrator to draw the characters. So they were the main things. And once I started working on that, I started thinking, I want to do clothes too. I came up with the slogan, A Superhero Has My Back. Mm-hmm. And I wanted kids to know a superhero is watching over them when watching out for them. When they're going to nursery, when they're going to school, if they're going to hospital. Any time when they're feeling a little bit nervous, they could put that on and they know that's written on the back and they've got their superpower button. So I came up with the superpower button because Sonny had to do something he didn't want to do and he said, I'll just press my button and see and see what, what happens. And he pressed his tummy button. Oh. And then he went, yes, I'm okay. And I thought, oh my goodness. And I, then I kept thinking about that thinking, I can't believe he just did that. And I thought, what if it was a superpower button? and it could be the lightning bolt and they could press that and feel they get their powers because mm. kids,
0: as older money.
1: kids of course, they say, well I know that's not really going to give me those powers but younger kids believe it mm. and it does give them a real boost. So we had I made friends with um, one of our customers who posted a video on Instagram of a little boy called Freddie who has cerebral palsy and she posted this video and I literally was in floods of tears. It was this little boy trying to go on an unaided walk, well going on an unaided walk he did amazingly. Put down his walker, pressed his superpower button, and off he went on his walk. And I was just, it just, that, what, it still gives me goosebumps now. I just, just got them, my whole face went funny. Because you're like, that, an idea you've had, and that need to help people, and that want to do something that helps people, seeing that was like, oh my goodness, it's working. Like, that's helped that little Mm -hmm. boy. And that's the thing more than anything is the letters, the posts like that, the letters I get from, Mothers and fathers who it, we've managed to help their child who's very poorly, or it's that's what means everything. Oh, um, yeah, that makes all of it worthwhile when all the hard work worthwhile when that happens. So, with, back
0: to, with the illustration, you said that you reached, yes. you knew you needed someone to illustrate. It's got such a distinct brand identity because of the visuals as well. Mm. Did you? give them a brief how how much of it was you how much was them you know what kind of thing did, did you have so that this, in I time? used
1: different illustrators so the characters were illustrated mm-hmm. by one person and I briefed it out to several different designers until I got the right one well the one that felt like the right kind of feel and I gave them mood boards of the kind of characters that I liked and didn't like because there were certain characters dinosaurs and yeah. rabbits that I really don't There's like the vibe kids. of
0: characters where right? I'm like oh my god that's terrifying. Yeah exactly <laughs> or well, really cool. cheesy Yeah. You know, I wanted, I wanted <laughs> it
1: to be soft and gem- gentle and I wanted the characters sort of be kind of full of emotion and a little bit cheeky and yeah. I think that our designer got that really well and the prince was a different designer and we, what I did with that is I drew it myself originally mm. and sent it to her and also sent a mood board of the kind of leopard prints I liked and the kind of leopard prints I don't like, didn't like and then she then put together hers yes and I think because I'm, I am, cre- like, create- creativity is my thing, I'm probably a bit of a nightmare client to work with from a design point of view, because I've got it it's there in my head and I can see it, I just can't, yeah. I've never been trained to use the right in yeah, yeah, illustrator yeah, yeah. to um, create it myself, so when they do it, I'm going, oh, well, that needs to be a bit smaller, that needs to be moved to the right, just move that, like, and eventually we get there, but it can take, two, like, 10 or 12 goes mm-hmm. at actually getting it, and I think the design is like, have yeah. but literally. yeah, <laughs> but I think that's that's the way I have thought of going I've been looking at the courses at the um, London College of Fashion thinking I just need to get knowing how to use those packages and I think it would be a lot quicker of actually being able to just do this myself but then I also think I can't do everything myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have got to and that's something I've kind of learned over the last year especially as I've been building a team and it's been absolutely brilliant recently to know that I've got these great people and we're all working together and seeing that I can actually hand things over and go, great, you, just, you can do that. I don't need to be involved in that. Yeah. You, like, can you do this? And that's been a massive turning point for me because I was trying to do way too much yeah. myself. We'll come on to that.
0: We'll yeah. To that. Yeah. Um, yeah, No. And, and going back to those, like, the early days, so you've got the illustrations coming through, the yeah. characters, of design. How long did that process take before you literally had the product in hand? So... And even in those that early period, were there any obstacles that you faced oh, just in loads, that loads,
1: loads. Like, the, the, one of the hardest things was finding a factory to make the Sleep Buddies, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're so cautious of wanting... With, with the Sleep Buddies especially... I couldn't make them. I was looking, trying to make them in the UK and the prices, there's no way I could donate one for every one sold if I did. So that I came up against every hurdle possible. So I had to look further afield. And it's the same with the clothes. Like, I was really struggling to find someone who could make them as quickly as I wanted. The factories were all seem to be very full. Prices seemed quite high. And also I was struggling with the quality because I wanted them to be like really high spec and amazing mm-hmm. cottons and little details, like I've got the, the inner neck ribbon running at the back which says yes. a superhero has my back, and, and the embroidery of the superpower button. There was a lot that went into it. And finding factories was probably the hardest thing, and I always thought, oh God, I wonder why people don't talk about who their factories are, yeah. like why? You know. And then now I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it's basically because if you've got your factory, you don't want everyone to be using your factory because they're busy enough as it is, and you have already have to wait to get mm-hmm. your stock. If you tell everyone who your factory is, you're going to have even longer delays. Of that, that's the case. But my, I had two lucky breaks where people helped me. One, a friend of mine, Amy, who I went to university with, she's a designer. She had a brand called PPQ, and now she's got a beautiful swimwear brand. And she, I'd messaged her in the end and said, I'm really struggling to find a factory. I've gone to there's a brilliant trade show called Make It British. Right. And if anyone's looking for a factory, they should go there. And they have. All sorts of um, British manufacturers for everything. It can be tea towels, it can be homeware, um, clothing, everything. And I did go along there and I met lots of people, but I didn't find the one and I didn't find the right one. But that is a great starting point for people. And yeah, my friend Amy, I told her I'd gone through all of this. I've met with all these various people. She she put me in touch with one first and had discussions with them. They were very nice, but I couldn't meet their minimums. Their minimums were really high. Mm. And that's the thing when you're making clothes... Everyone has their minimums. They might say, oh, you have to make a 1,000, or you have to make... And, and when you're just starting out, daunting. you're totally self-funding mm-hmm. it yourself. You're a bit like, oh, well, God, I don't know if anyone will actually get all like this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. buy that many. So that was difficult. But then she, I went back to her and said, oh, I can't meet the minimums. And she gave me another factory. Um, this one was in Portugal. And I went over, flew over to meet them. Because that was another thing that was very important to me, was that the factories were... Ethical factories, yeah. like they were paying fairly, they were um, not using children. Obviously, that was like, watch those horror stories on TV. Yeah, I and I, of defeat the point. Remember? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I can't live with myself yeah. with anyone being harmed anywhere in the process of what I'm making. And mm. this, I think, this is the thing with all the fast fashion. The oh, you god. can't. Yeah. I can't. Someone's been hurt in that process. Yeah, you yeah. can't sell something for two pound. Yeah. Like I can't. But I can't even make the smallest tiny thing at cost. For £2 yeah. and they're selling it for £2 so that was really important to me and I went to meet with them and it was this lovely family run factory in Portugal the quality was absolutely beautiful I really like the people so I started working with them on the clothing they couldn't do the sleep buddies they were just too, way too expensive and then an old client of mine from my PR days I had an old client called Indeed it was a beauty brand and one of the founder's Said, oh, I know. Actually, we—I've worked with um, a supplier. They supply; they make loads of toys for Disney and loads of Disney. I'll put you in touch with them. So it's so, again—it's so, so those lucky moments where you're like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah,
0: but i would uh, say when you say lucky, there I say no because you worked your bum off as a founder of a PR company to get to so make contact, those you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like hundred percent lucky. I don't know, but earned, um, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So,
1: it's so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they they started making the sleep buddies. Um, so at least once I got the two manufacturers that was the huge thing that yeah, was a huge definitely. thing done and and then it was working out you know really honing down on what do we stand for what's important to me what are the key messages and what's the brand all about and your kind of corporate identity and I mean the, the design bit was the fun bit when I started designing the clothes it was like that was I was totally in my element I mean I studied fashion at uni and that was I've always that's always been yeah. in me to I love, I love that side of it. And it grew and grew. So I was originally just going to do the Seat Buddies and some T-shirts that had the characters on the front and the slogan on the back. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, imagine if you had a leopard print with lightning bolts. Yeah. Superpower, power <laughs> fuse, leopard print. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so once I got that, I was like, oh my goodness, I want this as a sweatshirt. Yeah. And that's why I did the adult sweatshirts too, because I designed the kids' collection and then I went, I want to wear that. Yeah. I totally want to wear that. Yeah. So I just did two adult sweatshirts. And then I had to think about um, distribution and where I wanted to be sold. And obviously, it was going to be on my website, but I did want to choose just one like department store to launch with as well. And why?
0: why? Why was that important?
1: I, I think
0: you know when when you could sell through social media and your website nowadays. Yeah. What was what was the kind? Of I think it's a think?
1: perception thing. Yeah. I think from my, I spent twenty years working for brands and doing their PR, and I would have always, I always advised them anyone can open a website and sell their own yeah, things not anyone can get into liberties or selfages so if you've got that seal of approval from a brand uh, like a liberties or a Selfridges or a
0: it, People instantly you know it, yeah, yeah you've
1: yeah. got a you've got to be something <laughs> else yeah, be yeah, sold yeah, yeah, in yeah. there and I thought that's really important I think that's really important to give it that seal of approval approval and liberties is just I just it's always been my favourite store. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous store. I
0: mean, it's literally the best day out just walking around now. yeah I like, walk around and I'm like, can't afford anything, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so
1: beautiful. Exactly. And it's inspiring. You go around, yeah. there's all these amazing brands, and you're like, oh, this is just such a magical yeah, place. Yes. Weirdly, I got this text on my, or was it, it might have been a DM on um, Instagram, and it was a buyer from Liberty, who I knew from my beauty days, saying, Jo, I've heard whispers that you're launching a brand. I'd love to talk to you about it. And I said, oh, actually, it's not beauty, because I think word had got out that I was doing this skincare brand. I said, it's not beauty, actually. It's kids. And she replied, well, as fate would have it, I'm now head of beauty and kids.
0: Oh my god. Like,
1: oh my goodness, are you kidding See, I'll me? Give that, that's a bit lucky. That's <laughs> very lucky. You can have that,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I went in to meet her, and all I had then was a kind of brand presentation to talk her through. So, talking through the brand story, what we're all about, mm. all the designs, it um, up, but not, I didn't have any physical samples. Took her through it all, showed her it all, and um, she said, I love it. We'll take it all. Wow. And I just, and I'd gone to that meeting thinking, there's no way she's going to take this. I haven't even got any samples, but this is just good experience. It's yeah. good experience. Yeah. You take it, it's good experience. And I was absolutely, was definitely one of the best moments of this whole thing yeah. was that moment of her believing in me, believing in the brand, and saying, yes, we want it. And mm. just going, I can't believe this is actually going to happen. And I literally left that meeting because I tried to act composed in that meeting. And when she told me how many sleep buddies she wanted, it was like loads more than I'd even ordered, and I don't donate the same amount, so I had to quickly call the factory and go, OK, make that a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked out of Liberty, and I'll, I'll just never forget walking out of Liberty, phoning my mum and dad, and bursting out crying and telling them on the phone, and called my husband straight after, and it was just that kind of, oh my God, yeah. moment of, yeah. this is actually going to happen. Yeah. And then it was like, right, let's get these, kids, let's get them, yeah, yeah, yeah. flew back to Portugal, Trying to hurry everything along, trying to get it all, get it all going, and that was—it's scary getting your samples back, and you don't know, you don't know, you're, you're worried. You're going, mm-hmm. is this actually okay? I was furiously washing everything. Going, is it going to wash okay? Is it going to wash okay? Yeah. But, and you're so, yeah, it, you're nervous. It's, yeah. it's, it's scary. When
0: in the year was that? meeting liberty
1: so when was it i think it was in the the summer
0: and you launched when
1: so we launched in the november gosh okay so yeah so it, I mean, it was all in the same year so the surgery was january registered the name in march launched in the november wow. and i i do look back on that and go i can't because i was still having the most terrible migraines mm. and really still recovering but for me i think it was because i it was a it was a get well goal it was a focus and it was a Something to really put everything into,
0: and it's value driven as well. Yes, like it's, it's like I, think I suppose the difference between launching a business for money and for the launching a difference for purpose and like mm. making an impact and like if you hit a, a bad day when you're doing it for that purpose, you know you can write that out and just kind of carry on going. Yeah,
1: and I think that's that's what keeps me going through all of it because mm. there's been you know there's highs and lows for everybody, and I think on those low points you do go. Just think about those kids you're helping. Yeah. Think about the women you're helping. Like, just this is. Yeah, why am I doing? Just keep keep focused on what the good bits. hundred percent. Yeah. Um,
0: you said um a, f- a few minutes ago. You know, it was you had to really hone in on your your brand message and like what you stand for, the values, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all well and good you brainstorming that you know in your house and kind of having a think. But how did you then go about, especially if you're launching Liberty in November? getting the word out there so that people go and buy the stuff from liberty but like it it starts to kind of spread.
1: Yeah well I mean that's another kind of benefit from my background being PR. Yeah. It came very naturally to me to to launch a brand so and I obviously had loads of contacts so my networking with the press was very strong so I had a nice little PR campaign we had a huge double page spread in the times to launch the brand and press in vogue and all sorts of we had, we had a lot of press um and also i saw just instagram was key mm. to any brand and i started the instagram I mean, literally you know zero followers yeah you start yeah. going <laughs> start it out. um and that and then it then it was word of mouth once people started hearing the story and liberty were a huge support as well so they were pushing the message on their um their channels too that was in the November, and then since then, it's just seems to be growing and growing and growing, and like we've got this amazing community on Instagram, and that's so cool. It's amazing. I don't know when people tell me they don't have an Instagram, you're like, what? Yeah. How on earth have you not got an Instagram? It's like having a, I would say it's like having a shop in the middle of the Sahara Desert. You're like, why? What? what? Yeah. How are people going to find you? Yeah. How do you talk to your customers? Yeah, because it's to it's me, true. Instagram is my way of talking to the customers because I have a customer service manager now who who um does all the email correspondence but it's still me on Instagram so it's me replying to everybody it's me um replying to comments and it's me talking to them so I can know directly what they're thinking what they're liking and so I feel like I'm also a customer service manager from a (laughs) social media perspective
0: do you think you'll always keep that wrong
1: I think that's really important and I think that's I think that's key to, I think you can always tell when it's someone else's voice as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I employed a merchandiser recently to join the company and she said to me, oh, I think your the tone of voice on Instagram is really really good. It's very r- real. Like, who does your Instagram? And I was like, me. <laughs> she was like, well, that's why. Then. <laughs>
0: it's so true. Obviously, it's a handy tool, but do you enjoy it? Are you quite comfortable being the face of the brand? Well, not the face of the brand because I know that you know yeah, I, mean, I know that's what it. you mean. I
1: think I yeah, I love it. Mm. I absolutely love it. I love Instagram, and that's one of my another one of my favorite parts is that side of it. The being the face of it, I'm a I'm a little bit. I don't put myself out there as much as a lot of people do. Mm. Like lots of people, most posts are their faces, and then and I'm not like that. Yeah. But you'll see me come up every now and again because I know it's important to do that. But kind of rather be the voice than the face. I love to be the same. And for that. a couple of reasons. One one being when I did put myself out a little bit more and did there was quite a lot of press at one point, I would get people stopping me in the street or and stopping the kids in the street and going, Oh you're the scam and do boys and things and it's lovely, it's really nice to meet people, but then I did think, Oh God, I'm get, I am not sure I'm definitely comfortable yeah, yeah. I never wanted I never wanted to be that. I thought, Oh, I'm not sure if I and also I'm just not generally comfortable with that whole putting my face on Instagram every day. I just don't really feel comfortable with that in quite a lot of ways. I don't, like, why does everyone want to see my face every day? There's other things I can be posting about, uh, you know, it's just...
0: I I genuinely find it really refreshing to hear that, though, because I do think there are... Pre- like preferences and i think there's such a pressure on business owners to be the faith of your brand be on your instagram stories every single day and if, if you're not on there the mm-hmm. and i just think like you really like you really don't have to but i've had it so many times where people are, like open up your personal instagram account and be, like share what you're up to outside of work and i'm like i don't i really don't want mm-hmm. to that's my life you know and it's just i yeah. just think as you play to your Strengths, but also what feels
1: right for you. And I think for me, of course, I'm the face of the brand, and of course, I'll I'm I will always be there and always be. And and now and again, I'll I'll pop up, and I'm never going to do the Instagram stories where I'm looking to the story, going, "Hi, (laughs) it's not me," (laughs) so I'm not going to do it. And people have said that to me as well, and go, "God, Joe, why aren't you doing stories? Mm. Like you really should." And I'm like, because I feel like a yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think if you do, you do, and there's nothing you can do about that. And it's just not me to do that. So. I'm quite happy, um, you know. I'm, I'm very comfortable doing interviews or yeah. doing um, panel talks or anything like that. Fine, talking to myself on my phone to post some stories, I'm not okay with that. <laughs>
0: I think mean, it's very um, yeah refreshing to hear and to show that your brand is doing absolutely fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. what about um? There's so many mums with businesses, and that that trend mm-hmm. is just on on the rise. How comfortable are you with like? Obviously, you shared the boys on there. Was that a conscious decision? Obviously, it's it's part of the branding. Then it's kind of named after them, but not you know. Yeah. What What was your thought process behind that?
1: So. Originally, I would share them more than I do now because, yeah, they are the inspiration behind the brand yeah. and so you kind of think, well, they are Scamp and Dude. So they did model the clothes a lot and still they oh, do. And they're gorgeous. And they are so cute. <laughs> and <laughs> they still are all in our main shoots. They always feature um, a little bit, but now it's along with lots of other kids and on the Scamp and Dude feed, they don't feature as often now at all and that's just more of a being a little bit more aware of Or maybe they don't want themselves all over social media. I mean, they they know and they love being part of Scamp and Dude. They're very proud of Scamp and Dude. Sonny designs things for Scamp and Dude. He sits there (laughs) designing t shirts and things, which is very cute. And they know they're part of it and they like being part of it. And that's so I'm comfortable with that. But I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to overdo it for their, yeah. for their sake. So it's kind of a, I feel like we've got a good balance now. And also when with the modelling, I'm kind of now got to the point where I go, if you want to do this, you can be in this photo shoot. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Yeah. So that they have the choice of whether they do it or not.
0: Yeah, definitely. And obviously your like latest campaigns around, like about the Christmas one, it's more diverse. And do you, how conscious are you with that kind of thing? And like
1: that's always been like even yeah. our first photo shoot, I made sure all the models there was. A huge amount of diversity because yeah. that's essential. Yeah. I, was, yeah I would never have it any other way that's always very important. I mean even when even though I make a big effort whatever I'm doing to have my, the women I've never used a model the women I use are all real women um, really? whether they yeah. are yeah they're all my friends yeah. um, influencer friends yeah. and I've used all shapes and sizes heights colors and the same with the kids. I used a couple of models in the first initial shoot, and then my kids and my, my sister's kids. Um, but after that, it's just all my kids, my kids and their friends and my and their cousins, and I love that. put them all together, <laughs> and it's awesome. And that's that's the way I like to I like to do it. But with I think you can go, you can try really hard to make sure you represent as many people as you possibly can. But you'll still have someone on Instagram go, well, I can't believe you've not got, you know, you haven't got someone in a wheelchair, for example, yeah. and you're like, God, I'm really trying here to get yeah. as many people as I possibly can and represent everyone, but you can't go, right, I need, I'm gonna have to have 27 people in this shoot yeah. to make sure I represent absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone. But it is really important and it is something that I, I take seriously. And Yeah, definitely.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Let's move on to all the different collaborations that you've done because I have spied the cow shed candle yes. burning away. I feel like if you're gonna partner with any brand, cow shed. Just a dream department. Oh, love
1: how yeah. And
0: you did the launch in Soho Farmhouse. You've collaborated with a number of, like, the mummy bloggers. Talk to me about, yeah, like, what what inspired all of those different things? Is it simply just adding to the brands and different campaigns?
1: Well, I think think it's great collaborating with other brands. I think, again, this comes from my experience in PR. This is the advice I'd give to brands that I'd be representing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a great way to offer your customers a new product, something like candles to launch a candle that is that kind of spec. I mean, it takes so much time to launch a new category, a new yeah. product. The research, the development, the safety aspects, it's huge. So you can either go and go through all of that, take your eye off the ball on the main business and go and focus on um, a new category. Or you can collaborate with somebody, yeah. a brand that you love and respect. And and then also you're introducing them to your customers and you're being introduced to their customers. And yeah. it's a great way... To, and it's, it's exciting for the customers as well. Mm-hmm. Cowshed was a kind of dream. It was when I um launched my PR company. It was one of my first clients. So my PR company was. I opened the business with three clients. It was Ruby and Millie, and I've since worked with Ruby Hammer on yeah. one of my projects and a hair care brand called Paul Lebrac luxury hair care, and Cowshed. Oh and gosh. I have the Brits, the Brit Awards, where I create a spa backstage for the Brits. I opened my PR company with those four clients, and it was literally just me sat on it with a laptop, an empty laptop because I'd left Estee Lauder. I was head of press for Lauder and Tom Ford Beauty. I'd left and opened this business with an empty laptop. You know, you looking at this laptop, going, "Oh my god!" Yeah. and Starting <laughs> and making all the files for the different clients, yeah. writing the press releases, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely everything. And yeah, Cowshade was one of the first ones, wow. and I'd had to have a Kind of interview, I guess, with Nick Jones, founder of Soho House, to see if if I was suitable to do his PR, and it was so even so even like from Koushed that day
0: in all of the Soho losing. It's owned,
1: yes. Yeah, so Cowshed is the Soho House brand. Yeah, it's owned by Soho House. So they, yes, yeah, so it started oh. in Barmington House. Oh my So Barmington House, when they had a spa, they made started making. um products to use in the spa yeah. and there's a formulator a guy who literally used to make them on his kitchen table and they'd go into the spa in these glass milk bottles because it was in the old um Couch. in the old yeah. cow shed wow. so it's, it's an absolutely beautiful yeah. beautiful story and then it's grown and grown and grown and now it's obviously it's available all over the world it's a it's yeah, great brand and all the ingredients are picked from the secret garden at babington house so it's all it's a gorgeous brand so obviously it's always held, and I I represented Cow Shed from a PR perspective for eight years. Wow. So then when I sold my PR company, actually all the team that I was with, the Cow Shed team, had, had moved on and, and weren't there anymore. But someone else from the Cow Shed, the new managing director of Cow Shed, she contacted me and said I'd love to have a meeting to see if there's anything we could do. And I mess up with it, and I was like, do you know I used to do your PR for eight years? She's like, what? Oh so goodness. she just reached out because of Scamp and Dude. Yeah. And I was like, you don't understand how much history I have with Cowshed. Yeah, I love yeah. this brand. So we started um, kind of brainstorming some ideas of things we could do together. And I said, well, let, why don't we start with this? I've I wanted to create a superpower spray, thinking the idea of a superpower spray is just yeah, super cool. Is, yeah. But also... <laughs> it's a basically a calming mist to help kids so you can mist it all over their pillows to help them sleep mm. but also if they're really angry and just upset about something you can say hold on let me go and get your superpower spray and spritz it all over them and it would just calm them but they feel like they're getting the superpower spray yeah, yeah I do this. <laughs> so I said I love that idea and they were formulating a calming um sleep pillow mist anyway it's like brilliant and then the, the candles, the two of their existing candles, I chose my favourite two, wild and grumpy. And we just designed my, my print around, around them. When I was deciding which one's my favourite, I wanted them to mean something and to be able to do something. So I'd been going through looking at all the ingredients and luckily for me, my two favourite smells mm. tied into what I actually wanted them to do. Like the ingredients um, have good luck qualities, that like ancient good luck qualities when I was looking them up. So one of them I say is to bring good luck because mm. I love the idea of, Gifting your friends some good luck, if you, or giving yourself some good luck if you feel like you really need it, and then the other one is for courage, and it's because it's got ingredients that are really good for boosting the immune system mm-hmm. and for giving you strength and for helping with um, depression, and, and it's just it just it all tied in. You know, I can still remember sitting there going. I, need, I I want this to mean this. Let's look at these ingredients and look what these ingredients, qualities they have. That's
0: the important bit with collaborations, isn't it? Like to partner with brands where there genuinely is a link that benefits both yeah. both brands, not just a random
1: I just you can't just stick your print on something yeah, and go, yeah. Right, I've collaborated yeah. with them. No you haven't, you just put your print on it. Yeah. Or you just put your name on it. Yeah. Like, well what that's not a collaboration, exactly. I think it's gonna mean more and it's got to be there's got to be a complete synergy and and. and um, yeah, it's got to work. It's got to work.
0: 100%. I'm obviously really interested in the challenges that you've had to face to get to where you are today. Um, I remember literally logging on to Instagram and all of the mummy businesses, especially, that I followed were just sharing a superhero has my back and your design right up next to a major supermarket design and just thinking, like, how, how dare they? But also how incredible the support was that like I, I remember yeah. sharing it and just it was just like this how how we have yeah. to get this right out there that's just so unjust can you uh tell us what happened I guess the sad reality of running a business sometimes is that people do copy mm. but this circumstance is just
1: yeah I mean it happens all the time mm. and that's the sad thing and we've had so many other cases that people don't know about as well it's seems to be a continuous thing you've got to and now I have actually have a company looking out for this happening. I pay them every month to look out for things that people that are copying because you just have to protect yourself. Mm. So I'd done everything I could do when I st- launched the business when it this is, comes around to again of learning kind of on the go of everything you need to do. And luckily, I'd been told you have to protect yourself and so I trademarked and I'd, I'd made sure I'd registered, superhero has my back. Scampin' Dude, Superhero Sleep Buddies. Um, I've registered my print to the Leopard in the Lightning Bolt so that that was including a Lightning Bolt in Leopard print was my thing. And I thought, fine, I'll be protected. No one's going to just
0: copy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine.
1: And then suddenly I got... It's always the customers who, they're watching out for me and they're constantly sending me things they think people have copied. And so A lot, you're like, oh my God, yeah, that is... But you're like, it's not enough to actually, mm. you just have to go, well, people are going to do that to a, a certain level. It's only ever when people take it f- way too far that you have to just go, no, 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 this is totally not okay. Mm. And the three biggest cases I've had, one was the supermarket, and that was just definitely not okay. It was a superhero has my back written, we had our trademark being used on a pyjama set, and... That, when I first saw it, I literally, my heart, my chest just, oh, it's horrendous. Because you look at it and you're like, how can you do that? Mm. And so many people were saying to me, well, these, you know, these big supermarkets don't even have design teams. They just have buyers who buy stuff, send it off to the factories to get them to copy it, mm. change five things, done. I'm like, no, this is so unjust. And it really gave me this horrible feeling. And I'm, I'm a real one for what's right and wrong. Mm. And... You know, I would never treat certain people in a certain way. I don't expect to be treated like that either. And and I felt also like there's so many businesses, the amount of small businesses that were coming out to me saying, oh, yeah, this happened, look at this, look at this, and showing me brands that have ripped them off. I'm like, well, why haven't you done anything about it? And they'd said, well, it's huge and it would have cost me too much. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. no, yeah. you've got to. We've got, all got to kind of agree that we won't let this happen. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it will just continue to happen. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm standing up to them. I'm right bankrupt me, but I'm going to fight this. You've done wrong. Hold your hands up. You know, they were just like, well, well, just take it down off the shelves. I'm like, that's not enough. Yeah. Sorry. So
0: what, so you initially, I'm um, thinking pre-Instagram, the ca- like it wasn't even a campaign, but that like organic campaign that kind of took off. Pre that, you reached out to said supermarket and said, this isn't okay. Take it.
1: Yeah. Like. Okay. Yeah. And then it was only when things were not going my way. I was spending so much more money on lawyers, mm. and they what what they all tend to do is push and push and push, so that you have to keep writing back. Your lawyers keep having to write back until you run out of money. Yeah, and that's what they do. And I knew that, and so I was like, "Well, I'm not going to stop." And it got to the point where I was going, "Okay, I might have to stop," <laughs> because I was getting and even all my, all my um the followers on Instagram were saying, "Joe, set up a, like a." crowdfunding, like, we'll all put money in so you don't have to stop doing this, you've got to keep going, and then I thought, oh god, I'm just going to have to keep going then, like, whatever it takes and that's when I thought, okay I need people to, it was actually a friend of mine who suggested, said, you need to try and get all your friends to post it at the same time and then get everyone to share and so that happened and that's when everything changed, that's when the lawyer suddenly went, okay, she means business let's let's say sorry (laughs) so that was um that was that one, and then the next one was a, another clothing store who I'd actually had a tip-off about this one. So a designer, a freelance designer, had been into their studio and said Scamper Dude was all over their design studio. So she said, just watch out for their autumn-winter collection. So I was already kind of thinking, oh, God, what are they going to do? And there was one product that came out that looked so similar to my best-selling navy um, sweatshirt. It's like that battered navy distressed look yeah. with the leopard and um, it even had the neon-embroidered superpower button. So I was like, oh, God, are you serious? So that was the second one that I had. And then the third one was a small brand. And this was really stressful, because I think big brands are often more respectful and go, "Okay, God, we've messed up. Let's deal with this. Mm -hmm. Whereas small brands can often be quite naive and think, I haven't done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're like, are you kidding me? It was just... Just too much.
0: So your advice, I suppose, because I think um, the audience listening to this will probably be experiencing a lot more of that. Yeah. The small business, small business copying. Um, what's your advice for dealing with that
1: then? I would say, from my experience with that, because it's it's not pleasant because mm-hmm. they can't. A lot of them can get very defensive and quite nasty, and it's not nice to deal with it. And from my point of view, I knew I'd done absolutely nothing wrong. I was just trying to pretend protect what I'd um, worked very hard for. And trying to point out, look, you know, try and have your own ideas, try and do things your way, don't just do what I'm doing. And it ended up being really upsetting and stressful. So I would say, in that instance, write, I would write yourself rather than going the lawyer's route, because I ended up spending a lot of money. Because I didn't, it sounds silly, but I didn't want to make force her to pay my legal fees because she was a small business. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up paying them through no fault of my own. I did nothing wrong, just protecting what I'd done. And ended up having to pay loads of legal fees. So I would say don't go legal to write to them yourself, but you've got to stand up to yourself. But also be realistic, are they definitely? Because there's lots of people that I've looked at stuff and I've thought, oh, that's a bit close to home. Or, yeah. And that can make you go, ooh, it stings a bit, but it's not you know, it's not enough. Yeah. And prints are quite similar or things. Take a judge on all of them and also try and look and go. Like lots of people send me leopard print things and go, God, this is really close to yours. I definitely don't own leopard print. <laughs> it's, more, it's, more, it's more about the whole package when, for me, it's like if someone started putting lightning bolts in leopard print, yeah, I'd have exactly. something to say about it. It's more about the whole package of people are going too far on. It's looking at what your USPs are, what, and also what you've what you own, what's, what's yours, mm-hmm. and making sure people don't go too far on, on those. I think my, you do see people shouting out about all sorts of things being copied and sometimes you look and you go, I don't think they have mm. copied, they might have been a little bit inspired but it's like when the, the advert came out, the John Lewis Christmas advert, I had three different people writing to me to say, because people often think I am a bit of a spokesperson for IP issues now, so they often <laughs> reach out to me when they're having them and sometimes yeah. I'll be honest and say, look, I don't think that's, you can speak to my lawyer, but from my point of view I don't think that's quite, if you yeah. don't think you've quite got a case, yeah. you might be a bit annoyed but not really. And I had all these people writing to me to say, oh, they've ripped off my book. And it was just a book about a dragon. And some of them was a bit like, can't really see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the same. <laughs> so I think you have got to be realistic I about... I love that, but... Yeah, it's so cute. That was such a good one. That was the best one
0: in a, a, a good few years, I think. I,
1: I always think the penguin one was my favourite. Oh, really? Oh, I love the penguin one. I just had the little dinosaur's
0: face when he goes at the end. But yeah. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, no, that's... um. I just think, like... I think everyone had a lot of respect for the fact. It's almost like you did stand up for every small business that we mm. copied, and I think the lasting legacy of it is that you won. Do you know mm. what I mean? So it is that kind of resilience there. Keep going. Yeah.
1: Well, I hope I hope that I've inspired other brands to stand up for themselves mm-hmm. and not be walked all over because we work too hard to have someone just come and copy what we're doing, and someone just walk in and go, huh, "I'll just do the same then." Yeah. And it's ridiculous, and it's not about. I mean, you could go. Oh God, let will just let them sell through, and it's like, but it's not. It's like diluting what you're doing. It's yeah. diluting your message, your designs. It's just, and also, it's just not right. And yeah. that's the th- yeah. biggest thing for it's me. A <laughs> it's immoral. Yeah. And I, I can't bear things are immoral. No,
0: so so true. I'm rounding up. I'm interested in given your your story, where this all came from, um, and how busy the past three years have been. What does downtime look like for you? You're obviously a mum as well. You know how. Do you switch off? Do you switch off? And, what? yeah, what does the kind of self-care look like for you?
1: Um, there's not a lot of self-care, I must say. Bath time is my only time where I actually go. I lock the door. My husband's like, why do you lock the door? I'm like, so <laughs> I don't need you to come in, basically. I don't want anyone to come in. Otherwise, the kids would both be stood over me. And it's that moment of when the kids are in bed, I can run a bath, I listen to a podcast, and I just chill. Mm. And that's the only... That's it, really. I want to start trying to do some yoga because I think I do I do recognise in myself now when it's all getting too much. And it all gets too much at the end of the year, always. Every year I get to Christmas and I'm like, oh my goodness, because Christmas is obviously the busiest time of the year. Mm-hmm. This Christmas we've had a big photo shoot. we done launched so many new products. There's been it's always so much going on. I feel so burnt out by Christmas. So what we've started doing is having our holiday instead of having a holiday in the summer or spring we have us in the winter and it's made such a difference yeah because actually the UK is great in the summer you don't need to actually go away in the summer it's the winter and the last two years we've gone on holiday after Christmas and we've been away for New Year and it's made so much difference mm-hmm. to us and we moved house this year too and my goodness moving house is stressful, huge yeah. so stressful and so I mean
0: it's, it's worth it I'm just going for that out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's so dreamy and on holiday this time, because the boys now are five and seven, so I got to read a book, and it was, like, the most exciting moment for me. <laughs> kind of small kids. When do you read a book? I don't read a book. Yeah, We find, I find, we end up either working or a husband and I actually catching up on life and what's going on in the evening after dinner when the kids are in bed or I have a bath. And so I don't have time to read a book. Um, being on holiday, I read the... Oh, gotten the name now.
0: The,
1: the Nike book. Yeah, the book by Shoe Dog, yes. by the founder of Nike. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Mm. And anyone looking to start a business or who has their own business should read it. It's so inspiring, and brilliant. And, and I read that on holiday. That
0: while you've got the headspace to really take it in as well. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I can't. The way my mind works, I can't waste my time reading a book, I would never, I can't read like a chick or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'd be wasting my time, yeah. my brain cells, I always read, all my books are business books, yeah. or things, I always say I want to feed my brain, I like feeding my brain with business things, and that's what, and that's what drives me, and so anytime I'm not working, I'm, it'll be because I'm with the kids, mm-hmm. and I'm focusing on the kids, the self-care thing I don't do, and I do think that's important, my husband and I, when we were on holiday, were saying, right, we've got to try and fit something in whether it's a yoga class or something to try and just keep ourselves a little bit more calm because Mm -hmm. when you're running your own business it is absolutely never-ending and you're always thinking about something else and you're always thinking of the next idea and the next campaign and the next project you want to do and other things you're meant to have done, so-and-so done, so-and-so, what's on And you can easily whip yourself up into, God. it can get really, really, really full on. And you've got to know when you've got to go, okay, I've got to stop. I'm not very good at that, though. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm trying to get better. And I think, actually, yoga would be good because it might just make me stop and make me breathe and then get back into that.
0: It's a a nice one as well because I think yoga especially, there's a tendency, like, I run a lot and I know that when I can't run, I'll do Pilates. And if it isn't, I need to, like, do something. Mm. But... I'm like starting to slowly listen to my body so instead of running the stress off I'll do something calmer yeah. and I've heard a lot for the, the, everyone that does yoga that it's, it works in the same way in the sense that when you are so stressed you shouldn't be doing high intensity stuff because mm. it only adds to that stress and yeah. your body can't distinguish between adrenaline or something like
1: good adrenaline and bad adrenaline so yoga is the perfect mm. antidote to that and I also think when you do do yoga even just feeling yourself especially when I'm stretching my back yeah. I can feel it all release. I'm like, oh, God, this feels so good. Yeah. I think I hold it all in my back and my neck. I like, just need to stretch it out. And I think you've got to look after yourself in order to be able to perform best in your in your job. Because I think when I come, come, whenever I'm away, at like this holiday we've started doing after Christmas, when I'm there, I'm thinking about work a lot of the time. But I'm thinking with a really clear head. And I'm thinking... More strategically. So, I think when you're in it, you can just be in it, in it, yeah, in it, yeah. firefighting. And like the week's, weeks just go. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you take a step and you go. So, I'm not very good at shutting off. So, I was still chatting with all the team. And then suddenly I was like, oh my God, they are asking me to approve newsletters and sign off samples and feedback yeah. on that. And I just suddenly went, guys, I'm a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Right. I know I've never said this before because every other holiday I've gone, I'm still working. I've got, I really need it. I'm going to have a few days now where I just need to be left alone because I've got to think i've got to be able to step away and think bigger picture about the business and the kind of strategy of the and i need to just shut my brain off so just please just only get in touch if it's if you really really need it otherwise i'm back in four days (laughs) it'll be okay so um that was that's important i love that
0: what have you learned about yourself since since launching this business i know that you had a business before so i guess maybe from from then till now being your own boss, basically,
1: what's it taught you? Um, oh, what has it taught me? <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else now. Mm-hmm. I I could never now go back to, I couldn't go back to working for somebody else, and I couldn't go back to going into an office and sitting there five days a week. That would never happen. And actually, my business, I'm running like that, like the opposite of that too. So my team, none of them work five days a week. They work four days a week, um, or some work less. Some work from home, some work in the office. Most of them have got kids, so I make, make sure that it's very flexible for them. Mm-hmm. They can, I, I trust. You have to have a lot of trust when you're working in this way, but I do, I trust my team. I know they all love the brand, they're dedicated to the brand. My customer service manager lives in Manchester. Wow. My marketing manager lives in Wolverhampton. So they ha- I hardly ever meet up physically with them, but we can Skype. Um, but we're constantly in touch on WhatsApp. But they are so hardworking and dedicated and they're putting everything into this. Well, some of the team work in the office below our shop. So we opened a shop in Highgate and below it is the office. So some of the girls work in there together. Two of the girls come here to my house once a week. We have a meeting and others come. So I've taken on a PR just one day a week because I do a lot of the PR, I'll do, but I wanted I've got to stop doing so many bits. Yeah, yeah definitely. and there's um a girl that used to work for me in my PR agency who has been wanting to go freelance for a while. So I said well you, I'll take you as a client definitely. And so she's come on which is great and she doesn't live that far so she comes over here as well. And I have finally taken on a PA. And <laughs> I do I've, really, I've needed well not yet because I have I'm not giving her enough stuff <laughs> because you know you're too busy to actually Give the PA the work mm-hmm. to do. So she's controlling my inboxes, which is the the biggest thing. I was missing so many emails, and that's just horrendous, my emails. And I'm still struggling with it. She's filing them, but then I'm going, where have you filed them? Yeah. Um, but that's, I, I've got a meeting with her to talk about ways of... She's thought of some other ways she could help me. I'm like, oh, yeah. great, okay. tell me. <laughs> help me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing. So it's all, yeah, it feels like it's kind of falling into place, and the team are great, and... And I love, the, I love that feeling of teamwork where now I can get everyone together and like when I design a collection, so the last the spring-summer 20 collection, I designed it, sent it around to them all and said, there's way too much in here so I want you to all vote on what you like. Yeah. And then I can kind of tip, and getting everyone's opinions and then when we have our like, my buyer when we have our meeting, uh, meetings about new products and getting everyone's feedback and thoughts. Yeah. I love those moments when you're all together doing it and you're all you're wanting the same thing, you can see how much they love the brand as well. And you're like, that's you know, that's what you want. Everyone who works for us has to be in it yeah. and be it's like I don't want anyone to say anyone if anyone on the team would ever say you're this or you're that for about Scamp and Dude. I want them to say we. Yeah. Like it's our brand. It's us, and if and that's when, when I hear them go, well, we this. I'm like yes.
0: Yeah, it's working. <laughs> yes, it's working. That's it's it's
1: it. all of us. It's not me. It's all of us. Like that's us. really important. Yeah, definitely.
0: I always end with some statements, so um, I'd like to start and I'd like you to finish, please, Joe. So number one, being my own boss means.
1: Means I get to live my life the way I want to live it, but that I'm also growing old quicker. <laughs> <laughs> I've aged a lot um, since then. <laughs> yeah. I've aged a lot since then, and I, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. So it means I, I mean, for me, the flexibility of not having someone tell me I have to be somewhere and sit at a desk somewhere five days a week Mm -hmm. means everything (laughs) Yeah, because I just don't think that's the future of working I think everyone needs to have a bit more flexibility in their lives and I think for mental health and for just happiness of everybody I think everyone deserves that which is why I've got that little four day week rule I don't want everyone to work five days a week have an extra day to do something for you do go do yoga or go Mm -hmm. If you've got a child, be with your child that day and have that amazing time with your child that day and really cherish them and don't feel mm. like such you've it's got such to be a part. Like
0: just four days. Yeah. When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to
1: take some time out and think very calmly about what's happening. Always think this this <laughs> this will be over soon. I think when I've been in my worst times and I've been feeling the most stressed, I always try and think. In six months, I'm not even going to be thinking about this, but taking yourself out of whatever instance you're in and trying to be really calm about it. Also lean on the people who you really trust and that you're close to that might be able to support you. We had, we had an issue recently with one of our collaborators who said something that had upset a lot of people and we were getting horribly trolled for it, even though it's nothing to do with us. And it was really upsetting, the messages we were getting on Instagram and that was really awful, and it was really hard because I didn't want to, I couldn't defend ourselves because I didn't want to throw the collaborator under the bus about what mm-hmm. she'd said. But, and there's all sorts of legal, oh, it was, it was horrendous. And those moments, you can get so lost in them that you're like, oh my goodness. And PR is my thing that I spent, well, oh, God, oh, a lot of years yeah. working in PR. And crisis management, I dealt, dealt with so many crisis managers situations and whenever any of my friends, influencer friends or when anyone else has been dealing with an absolute nightmare I've tried to reach out to them and tell them how I would have Mm -hmm. but when I was there in that situation having horrible troll like messages on my Instagram I didn't know how to deal with it and suddenly all frozen and I reached out to a few friends of mine two journalists, a journalist friend, a blogger friend and then a PR friend and then also my old PR boss so my first PR boss I ever had, who's probably the PR that I respect the most in the whole industry. I reached out to her. um, She's called Gillian McVeigh. She's got her own agency, and she's just—I just remember, always remember her being that person. You know, that person that speaks absolute. Mm. She just knows what to do, and especially in a crisis. Like she used to look after quite a few celebrities, um, and so she'd have quite a lot of crisis management situations, (laughs) and just fashion designers, and she'd always be so calm. And she'd know exactly what to do. And I always find it so inspiring. So I'd reached out to her and she was absolutely, she was brilliant and really helpful. And I think, I think that's the thing. I think if someone reached out to me who, you know, I'd worked, who'd worked for me years ago and reached out and said, I really would love your advice, I'd really want to help them too. And she, mm. she went, she bent her back because she was on holiday and uh, still took time to send through her advice and her comments, which was just amazing. That's
0: amazing. And I guess as well, a learning what well, you know, it's something that we can all take from that as well is that how important it is to keep like nurture those relationships. Like, yeah. don't just if you're moving on from a job, yeah, to start a business, those colleagues, those help networks, you. yeah, yeah and, and also your
1: network. Is, I think your network's everything, that's a big lesson from having Scamp and Dude. And I think you can't take advantage of that. Like, I think when since I've launched Scamp and Dude, like, so, I get so I mean, it's weekly, the people are saying, or can I take you a, for a coffee to pick mm. your brains? And yeah. I hate that saying, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had my brain picked quite a lot, already, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, but it's also like, they could be people, and they're usually people who, A, I don't know, yeah. or B, I might know vaguely, but I also think, oh, they didn't. They never reached out to me when I was ill, to go, oh, I hear you nearly died, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. But now you want me to give you some help, I don't know, I just, it's no, a tricky one, I, I want to help people, and I will always help people whenever I can, And and, but no, people that, yeah that people can sometimes cross the line a little bit can't they expect a little bit a little bit too much so mm-hmm. often I'll say look I don't have time for a coffee because don't live in London anymore and coming in <laughs> takes a whole day, yeah. day. <laughs> um, but send me any questions on email and I'll always answer yeah. and I'll always answer questions on email and help anyone I can um, you know if it's answering questions absolutely anytime
0: yeah. I also have a thing about if you're going to ask for help ask in the right way like a mm. word and email politely yeah like, or word a dm politely like well that's what you can do for just, them as well yeah, i think that's
1: what i try and do with people is if uh, in any implements that we work with i'll i'll always think when i'm thinking about it i think well how can i help you as well yeah. so i so i'm promoting them too because i know we've i mean we've got a large following on instagram now so if we're if we post and promote somebody mm-hmm. they're going to benefit from that by you know an increased audience yeah. As well, so it's trying to, I think it's always looking at how you can help other people Mutual. too. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. Um, if I had to describe myself as a businesswoman, I'd say that I am.
1: God. <laughs> um, very determined. Yeah. Loyal. Mm. Fun. I think that's important in business. Um, I was going to say hyperactive, but that's not the right word. More. Uh,
0: energetic.
1: Energetic. Ambitious.
0: Creative. Yeah. Uh, and it's really bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing alright. <laughs> I <know>, you
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe chaotic. Yeah, I yeah. think some of my team might say I'm a little bit chaotic sometimes. Method in the madness. There's a, there is a method in the madness, but sometimes I can be I I've just got s- lots of ideas and lots of thoughts, mm. and so I can be like I want to do this, I want to do that, and then I kind of slow it all down and go right. We're going to do this on this yeah, yeah, this yeah. point and this on this point and. Make sure there's some strategy to my chaos. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, if I could go back to day one of my business, I would tell myself?
1: I would tell myself to move packing orders to a fulfillment company earlier than you do. Okay. Because for the first three months, I packed all the orders myself. And it got to the stage where I, all, all I was doing, I'd wake up, um, Sunny would go to, to school, Jude would go to nursery, and I would sit packing orders all day long. Kids would get home. I put them to bed. I pack orders till two in the morning. That's all I was doing. And Liberty has said, "Oh, we have a meeting to see your next collection." And I thought, "I haven't designed another collection. I'm just packing orders." <laughs> and That's when my husband said, well, oh my goodness, you are not being. Yeah. You're worth more than sitting here packing yeah. orders on your floor. This business is not going to last much longer if all you're doing yeah, is packing yeah. orders." Yeah. So um, we moved to a fulfillment company, and it changed everything because then I was f- freed me up to actually design new collections, grow the business. So I wish, I'm very, I am cautious and I'm careful, I'm definitely not um, carefree with business. Yeah. I'm careful with money. I always try and do everything myself until I really, really, really need it and then I'll employ someone and bring someone on. Yeah. I'd rather kind of drive myself into the ground and not waste money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But part of that I do a little bit too much. I think I, I, I could do with putting it back a little bit as in I could have, I should have bought on a fulfillment company earlier I should have brought a team on earlier and I, I worked with a few freelancers for a while rather than a team coming in just working on Scamp and Dude and working mm-hmm. together. and I should have done that a little bit earlier. So I think... i kind like
0: quite like that though. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you, you, you learnt so much from
1: it. Yeah, and I think also it's um, important to let go because I think that's what I've struggled with mm-hmm. because I did it all myself for so long and then I just had a few freelancers supporting but I still had to be very involved in everything they were doing because they were just working a little bit I mean you could say control freak but it's more of a it's an unintentional control freak but you have to be Mm. and I think people need to understand that if it's your business of course you're going to be like that and I think only the the only good businesses out there are going to be if that person at the top really cares and actually does want to does care about all the little things and if you don't, then actually you're not looking at everything yeah, properly. Yeah, I think like
0: those details, it's like the difference between a mediocre business and like something that really is yeah out. And like I said at the very beginning, Scamp and Dude is it stands out like it really is. It's everything around the brand. It's such a strong brand and Thank the you. identity. Very last Joe, um, it's a very intense one. I want my legacy to be that that it's
1: important to think about other people not just run a business to make money and running a business is not about ego and money it's about what else you can do with that so helping other people is a really important part of our business and not forgetting how other people live and I think that for me is I don't want these people who have children who are very ill in hospital to be forgotten I don't want kids who are lose a parent to be forgotten there's so many people having really hard times out there and you can go along in your daily life just thinking oh I'm stressed the cleaners cancelled today or oh my car's not working or but actually people are going through such horrendous times but I think for me children who are poorly is a really big one for me because I've seen first hand of my friends with so many women on Instagram whose kids are really ill and we'll send our superhero sleep buddies to them or might send a top with a slogan on the back. Just to, These things just give, of course, they're not gonna make their child better, mm. but it's not about that, it's about giving them a little lift and giving them a boot and making them feel like we've got their back. Mm. And we've also launched super scarves and these scarves, for everyone sold, we donate one to a mother of a child with cancer or a life-threatening illness, mm. or um, a woman with cancer or a life-threatening illness herself. And these have been really a great little tool People just say it just makes them feel like someone's thinking about them. And I think that's the important thing. Because if when you're diagnosed yourself, I know personally how, what this is like. And even more so, I think if your child's diagnosed, when that diagnosis happens, you've got all the attention. Everyone's there for you. And, and then everyone gets on with their normal life because they have to. Yeah, yeah. And you can feel quite alone. And I think, especially if your child's ill and you your life is so disrupted. I've spoken to women who have to give up work for six months. They lose their job they give up their life for six months to be in hospital with their child, desperately trying to save this child's life. I mean, their lives, their hearts are broken and they just feel very, very alone. And just knowing that someone's thinking of them, receiving a scarf in the post, saying, we're thinking of you and or receiving a sleep buddy for their child, it just means something. It's just, even if it brightens that one day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's what I want to do. I just want to be able to Scampadoo is not just about cool clothes. It's about helping people who are in really hard situations. It's about giving everyone a little boost, making everyone feel a bit brighter. Someone posted on Instagram the other day we launched ScampiDoo socks before Christmas, and she'd had to have an operation on her foot, and she posted her foot in a band, in a plaster of Paris, and next to it was her Scampadoo sock, and she was saying, "I'm wearing my Scampadoo sock because mm. I need the superpowers." Mm. And it's just like we used to... We all just need that, we all need some superpowers and if we can just give everyone a little lift by putting their superpower and a clothes on every now and again then I'm happy Love that Thank you so much Thank I you. really
0: enjoyed that good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it you can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important G&Ts in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.